Uh, as life. to quote the the famous novel Moby Dick, <laughs> probably a novel that's not allowed in your school anymore for uh, politics reasons. There she blows. You could never get away with writing Moby Dick in 2022. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be. Um, it would be have to be Moby Fauci. <laughs> Yeah. That's what that's what that's, that's what that's, you, that's the only way that you're that's right. The first, that's the first one. You think they'd be going for some sort of some sort of I don't know some gender joke there? Dick's Dick's right there. No, Moby Fauci. <laughs> and Moby Fauci is about the great white scientist in the ocean uh, that is ruining sailors' times. And it's up to one old man to defeat. This is old man in the sea. I'm confusing Hemingway. Moby Dick is about. Um, Captain Ahab trying to get the giant white whale. What is. Okay. Tier list. Old man in the sea or Moby Dick. Let's go. I'll what? say it right off the bat. It's old man in the sea. That book is like 20 pages long. It's like a brochure. Uh, it's Moby Dick. because Moby Dick fucking rules. <laughs> Uh, but the Ernest Hemingway has got that really thin, really thin, thin size to it. I feel it's like nice. there's more pages in Moby Dick describing the different kinds of rope you might use on a boat than there are pages in Old Man in the Sea. Yeah, exactly. Oh, listen, Old Man in the Sea is one viral tweet. Moby Dick is like a Twitter thread that's too long and broken. You can't load half of it. I like all the Twitter threads happening right now. All the beautiful truth-telling Twitter threads. Nah, you gotta you gotta love a book that just lists types of whales, types of rope. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole there's there's listicles in there. There's are, and fucking there's mad listicles in Moby Dick. <laughs> nice. I, very, I, I, Moby Dick has some DNA that it shares with like BuzzFeed 2010. For me, those books are are sister novels like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and I'm just I'm just a Violet player. Yeah, people who play Violet love Old Man in the Sea. People who play Scarlet uh, appreciate Moby Dick. It's they're largely the same campaign with aesthetic flourishes. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a true comparison <laughs> about those books for sure. And um, and you and the legendary Pokemon are in both. Um, what's going on, Lux? It's late night Game Boys here. Hello, hello. Um, Welcome to late night Game Boys. I'm good, yeah. man. I tr- I learned how to play Warhammer 40k tabletop today, or at least tried to. Mm-hmm. You learned and you failed. I did big time. Got rocked. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? They're, they should add learn to live, laugh, love. True. The fourth. The fourth L. The secret L. Learn. Or you'll be doomed to repeat the first three steps. Which is what you're supposed to do, actually. (laughs) You're supposed to consistently be... You're not supposed to live once, laugh once, love once. I I, I don't know. That's what most... That's what Titanic taught me. That's a weird thing to take away from Titanic. But you know what? That's what's magical about movies, is that you can sort of pull out whatever you need from them. Probably one big laugh in that whole film... Uh, definitely one life in the form of Leonardo DiCaprio and um, yeah, one love that grandma was real sad and I'm sure she remarried or got married because they didn't get married on the boat, but like but she got, she got <laughs> love married, remarried. She got love married for sure on the <laughs> boat, but so many more people died. 
than Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. In that movie. Lot, it, it was one life on the line, uh, every, and a shit ton of extras. And like they don't count. You know, the police said that those ones don't count. You know, I did see someone on Twitter. Uh, oh, also, <clears throat> we're joined by our producer Haley, as always. I forgot to say, hey, I forgot to introduce Haley on the last episode. The elephant in the room. Um, you know, I saw someone on Twitter say that James Cameron has never made him laugh and doesn't have a single joke in any of his films, making him an untrustworthy and soulless director. Okay. And how, what do you, how do you feel about this? I think that's wrong. Sort of, like, sort of every claim in there is wrong, you know? Yeah, like, because, because I just saw Avatar, and when Sigourney Weaver came out in her Avatar form, I laughed a lot. It was goofy as hell. Also, like, there's a there's bunch of jokes in, like, the Terminator movies. There's a bunch of jokes in, like, Abyss. Yeah. Like... And also, a director who doesn't make jokes isn't uh, bad or, like, insincere. They just are t- doing things differently. Mm, yeah. Um, like, I think both those, both components of that position this guy's taking are um, are silly. Unserious. Yeah. This, this, yeah um, Elon, can we kill this guy? Let's get a go. <laughs> oh, speaking of Elon, 4,000 characters. Too many characters is what I say. I can't with that. Yeah, this is uh this is some sort of uh persona game uh with the amount of characters that they're they're throwing our way and it's like, you know, once you get to like the 3000s character, you're so late game. Are, do they really do they really even matter to you in the way that you've bonded with the first 3000 characters? Surely not. Do you think this is something I thought when I read that? I think it reminded me of you was um do you think this is because like people were mad that the Twitter files, the, Twitter and all files of the other like were so fucked up? All of the other fucking annoying like people doing They're PR like, for the richest man on earth shit like <clears throat> were in threads and threads were annoying. So now he's making it so that you can <laughs> dump his PR notes uh, one tweet at a time. Yeah, we're we're talking we're we're cracking open the case. We're 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 giving the final say today here on, on the Twitter files. Uh, yeah, it is funny. I mean, this like journalist decided to like work with Elon Musk to like say why Twitter is like evil and corrupt, but he decided to do it like one tweet at a time. And the tweets, it it was just like, oh, this is why we we make articles instead. Because this is not a great way to read things. Um, but yeah, it sounds like they made the word count for, I guess, boomers. But like, how's that going to work? Is there just going to be like a see more tab? Because like, you can't like have posts. Yeah, it's like each tweet is going to be like long. a blog post, but like it takes you to its own little like giant long post website. I don't know. Well, you can't um, scroll the TL if you're getting 4,000 character tweets. I'm not sure, uh, you know, in terms of the, uh, the amount of stupid shit that I hear him say on a daily hour, it seems like this is like one of the less dumb things. Um, so I have I don't have that much to react to there. Um, I will say I've been in a few very depraved Twitter spaces lately. OK, so if you haven't been in a Twitter space. Oh, they're the best. It, they're crazy. <laughs> It is like an audio chat room where like speakers can speak and most people can only listen. You can request to speak, but usually it's only like 
if you're an insane right wing CEO with like a middling podcast, do you get to like talk? And it's like all of these like rhydoid freakazoid CEOs all just like sucking Elon off and then sucking themselves off. And it is it's like this is like must be like the evil energy in this pit is like where they make orcs. It's like I feel like I'm going to be like birthing people out of the mud while these guys talk. It's so foul and I love it. Is this you're uh, you're you're leaning into and enjoying the sort of I guess not enjoying. Eh, maybe you're enjoying the sort of like uruk high birthing process of bad ideas coming out of fleshy eggs and being like, looks like libs are back on the menu, boys. Like <laughs> that's, that's right. Yep. Looks like shadow bands are off the menu. Uh, I, you know, the it's just like I, I hear these guys and they're just so into Elon. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, dude, like you're so into this dude and you're like an adult man in your forties. Like you have kids and shit. And like, you can like get this excited about another guy, like what's going on. And I, and I just think that, you know, it was better when, when the, when, you know, we had a, a stronger Pope and a stronger Christian uh, nation. Cause you know, people could offload all this energy somewhere, but now you're just obsessed with this, this pathetic little dweeb man. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised. The dick writing is intense. Yeah, I mean, they need it. Yeah, they. I mean, someone's got to tell them that they're special, and there has to be some way by which they can claim to be special. And proximity to Elon is an accessible option for that. There's this one guy, Kim.com. You know, Kim.com has been oh. kind of an internet maniac for yeah, a long time we, now. We all know Kim.com around here. But I didn't know he sounded like Augustus Gloop. He's like, oh, hi, Elon. Elon, you are totally like saving everything. Thank Wait, you so really much. How he sounds? <laughs> yeah. He's but like, that's so, so good. He's like, so Elon, we are all so happy to have you in this Twitter space and thank you for protecting freedom of speech. Uh, and like, oh my God, like the thing is like, I can't even do, I can't even do an imp- impression of like sucking Elon off for more than five seconds. Cause it gives me like the heebies, but these guys, they'll go for hours just talking about how great he is. And yeah, they've, they have created some sort of like godlike figure in their universe. Well, it's cause um, like, I feel like it's the same as like, there was this impulse during the first Trump wave and like throughout the Trump era, the, the, the Trump era of like the God Emperor Trump kind of like discourse of like this, like there's a guy, like a single guy we can say who's going to save the day. Like there doesn't have to be a unified project. There doesn't have to be a political framework of consistency or anything. There's just like this guy. It's much like every, everything is more efficient now. One guy can actually fix it all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like this idea that like they need like a God Emperor or whatever that they can simp for. And when Mm -hmm. Trump was like an insufficient, figure they've decided to go back to the private sphere and and glom onto elon as like their guy who they can sort of be like this is the one who's gonna save the day yeah i just can't i just can't imagine like having a like a daughter downstairs like you're like all right honey i'm gonna pick you up from soccer practice tomorrow anyway elon you're like so cool i don't know it's just it's so it's so like um it's so childlike Uh, it's very bleak in the twitter spaces it reminds me of uh 
one of the uh, like hell pits from Berserk. There's just tor- torture and mayhem it's occurring. Incre- yeah, it's just increasingly the eclipse. Yeah, yeah, like uh, these are all like the yeah they they're they're demon like in a way they're um they're primally demon like in a certain way and there is some sort of there's some sort of like assumed feast on on the libs that everyone like thinks is coming some like some like smackdown or like table turn so we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there um I mean my guess is that Elon just gets in major legal trouble for like some claims <laughs> he makes. <laughs> that's that's my guess i guess but I, I don't know um i mean the main question is is like how everyone everyone's like congratulating elon on firing all of the staff and like i read this article about all these other silicon valley companies that are like elon is our hero we're gonna actually slash all of our employee staffs too yeah. because <laughs> apparently every company now can run with three people uh <laughs> and it's like it's just um there's something happening here something is going on I'm not sure what's going to come next. Well, it does um, feel like for a long time, there's, I mean, this not to, you know, go all, com, uh, you know, commodity fetishism or whatever on you, but like, obviously there's been like a long time where yeah, like it's a children's show, the value ch- of where the value of things was divorced from the labor that made them. And like the labor and the people who made them have nothing to do with like the object itself, like in society, they just kind of like magically appear or whatever. Like we don't know what factories or shit comes from all that. And it seems increasingly like then there was this next level transition where it was like, well, you don't even need to be a profitable company. You just need to be a theoretically profitable company. So you get money from investment rather than the product itself. And now it seems like people don't even care that much about having a product itself. And they just like, can just be like it's just investment money coming in. Who needs these guys to do mm-hmm. anything? Um, and that seems bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so I don't know, just kind of like a, a, a bleak time. I want, I want him to get in some sort of jail, like trouble soon. So he maybe has to like stop posting or something. I, I do think it is funny to see like all of the proclamations of doom that the site would at like any second, just stop working. And like, everyone was like saying their goodbyes. It's interesting that it's still up. Uh, interesting to see like what the architecture and like the body and shape of these apps really is. But I think the ultimate question will be how much money are they losing and how long can Elon afford to do that before he has to bail? Uh, Because all these other concerns about what are the Republicans doing? What are the Democrats doing? What is freedom of speech and how do we value society? None of that matters when like the rubber hits the road on is this company going to financially ruin Elon or not? Yeah, I mean, that is the big question is like his weird desire to like force everyone to be his friend going to literally cost him his empire. Yeah. And and but but like, obviously, he's not going to let it all blow away into like the ocean. So he is going to like figure out what the narrative is for his escape route. Um, But yeah, not exactly sure where that goes from here. But, you know. It's it's great if there's all these new functions uh, on Twitter and everyone's being unbanned. But if the money still is all fucked up, we'll have to see. I, 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 you know, ultimately, a lot of people are still using Twitter. It seems like it seems like 
certain ads are going to quietly crawl back to the site that left before. And I think there was like a big mass exodus right when like everyone was saying that the site could end tomorrow or something like so maybe like they'll recoup some of the ads. But I don't know that that's the part no one's talking about. Everyone's talking about like the politics of it or the ideology. And it doesn't matter at all when Elon's about to run out of money. Yeah, I think I think that's correct that like. There are these ideological questions that are even, I think, like you and I were talking earlier off the off the bottom about there's like some big sociological questions about like the idea of private ownership of speech and stuff like that that are like pertinent and exist here. But none of that shit's relevant to the actual like mechanics of what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. Like that is all pretty contingent on just like how much money will there continue to be? Right. Yeah. And and right now it seems like not 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 good not, not a lot because like even if you like slash like what four thousand employees or whatever the fuck amount is left okay times that by whatever how many salaries it's like that's like only a few major ad deals right that's not gonna like bring you back into the green or something um, yeah the assumption though i mean the question is were all those people who got fired actually superfluous or not and like, what are the, I mean, what are the goals that like get lost in there? You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that like probably super st- like I, I, it's, this is all just speculation, but I mean, we all know that there's going to be a certain blow at like any company. It definitely wasn't that much. <laughs> right. That's the, that's the thing is like, and how not that much was it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there's actually way more important shit happening in the world. Boy, and, and, any, and, in, and in, a, in a pure timeline, this would be the only thing people are talking about. And it's, of course, uh, Bill Clinton at the Game of the Year Awards uh, and, and just um, the, the Game of the Year award, Games of the Year Awards. What's this event called? I think it was just the Game Awards. Game Awards. Game Awards happened. Uh, lots of awards were handed out and let's just get to the headliner and then we'll dig into announcements. Um, Elden Ring won game of the year and then they were trolled by they won the game some, of the year and it was dedicated to reformed rabbi Bill Clinton. Yeah, it was it was an orthodox rabbi. Uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah, some weird little griper Internet kid stormed the stage, I guess. I guess probably one of the last like major live stage entertainment venues. That's like probably fairly easy to do this on. Like yeah. I'm sure it's like, well, have you been following his story? Cause it's like gotten very weird where like at first I thought he was a weird right wing groiper, but then he had an interview with Jason Shire and it turned out that he could like speak Hebrew and had some like funny jokes and like, is probably Jewish. And then they learned that he Listen, did. Then they learned that, that all he, sounds like a griper to me. And he did like, <laughs> other like pro left-wing pranks uh-huh. um in his past was like a history of doing this okay so it's just very like what's your deal kid yeah yeah i don't know where do we where do we where does this podcast fall on prank culture i mean i like pranks i liked working for not even a show for a while i think pranks are fun yeah but there's, I guess, like anything, there's, there's, there's good pranks, and then there's a lot of bad pranks, and I think that, I think that pranking in particular is like, it's like very easy to do wrong, and like pretty hard to like do right, and by right I mean in a way that's like, 
not cringe or like annoying and and like purely focused on like being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause, cause like you think all these YouTube pranksters who are like, Oh, like people's reactions when I like attack them with a samurai sword and shit like that. And then they like die cause someone shoots them. Yeah. I mean, you kind of like a good prank needs to both be funny in its concept and funny in its reaction to really work. And I think a lot of times pranking that you see in general either is a really dumb concept. And the only thing is that it's like, well, people are going to react so crazy to this and that's going to be so funny. Or uh-huh. it's like a really convoluted, funny concept that people see that. And then their reactions are like, well, I don't what. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it has to be really good on both ends of the thing for it to really be an effective prank, I think. Uh, and this one was not because it was just this was one of those overall <laughs> ones where everyone was just like, what the fuck? This is very confusing. I, I said, at the end of the day, no one is going to appreciate a prank where they're like they like people fundamentally for a second were like, oh, no the Elden Ring creators are about to be killed. <laughs> like, like, you know, I don't know, like they're in danger. Like some of our most precious developers are in danger. Like this, that would have been, that would have been a disaster. Imagine if they'd done the Armored Core trailer and then some little teen killed the dudes who were <laughs> making the Armored Core game. <laughs> Miyazaki just all of a sudden like, a giant like mech just starts like forming around Miyazaki and he just splatters the child into the ground and everyone just like is so happy. Hey, spare the mech, splatter the child is what they say. Yeah. Splatter the child. Uh, yeah. So that, I guess, um, yeah, that just happened <laughs> or had happened in the past. Um, yeah, uh, that has happened. Um, yeah, that occurred recently. So, other than that, let's talk about what really matters, which is not shitty little pranks. Uh, it's games. Games. It's awards. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Armored Core. Let's talk. Armored Core 6 got announced. The Fires of Rubicon. Yeah. Um, all right. There was, a, there was a very cool cinematic trailer. No gameplay. Uh, it says it's coming out in 2023. This is obviously, if you don't know, from the makers of the Dark Souls. It's a from software game, but it's got the sort of more future robotic mech fighter well, so vibe. It was their to first it. series that they made. Like there was their first big series was was Armored Core before any of the Souls games or any of that stuff. Yes. Um, yes. And, and there's lots of customization and fiddling and making your perfect mech and building your perfect squad and like resource management you know do i want a drill arm or a plasma cannon do i want to have wings or wheels that kind yeah, of stuff I, I mean i remember playing i think the first or second one on the on the ps1 at a friend's house and it being way too complicated um and then you know they've had like up and down success um you know in, in the middle years and there's been a long gap since they've missed a whole console generation. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me, I think it's going to have to be a thing where they're going to have to like add more to the game and kind of reimagine what the game is in a modern context uh, for me to be really interested. Well, I think I think they can't do. I don't think you can get away with like 50 menus of choices to develop a guy in 2022, really like those kind of games, not at like the triple a game level, you know, like you can't really, that can't be a big release that is just like endless 
uh, customization like that. So they will have to slim that down. But I do think that people who play Souls games have a pretty good capacity for like build development and stuff. And so I think you can kind of channel that into doing a lot of the same type of thing. They just can't be quite no, as convoluted. I don't even mean necessarily the build stuff, but in the sense that it's like, you know, all the Armored Core games right now are just like you pick a level off a menu and then it drops you into like a closed little level world or whatever. And I think that like. Uh, kind of expanding the sense of like what the gameplay is and in such in it, maybe, you know, maybe bigger, larger worlds, maybe open world areas. I don't know what, what's the modern thing that's bringing this out of sort of the ice age. I mean, I do think it might be still like big screen tactics, landscapey stuff. I will. I do think they'd have to find some way if they wanted to be, here's the thing. It makes sense to me to stay in that format just because it's how they've always done it and whatever. But it has to be faster if it's going to play as a triple A title in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, not that I necessarily want it to be faster. I don't mind it being slow as shit. I like slow games, but I think most people are want to hit the gas, baby. Yeah, but like and also like the company has taken their old concepts like from the old Dark Souls games and like innovated on them in such yeah. fun new modern ways to update them and i'm like what is that going to look like for a game like armored core hopefully they go pretty deep with it because i'm not really interested in that form of gameplay um that's very kind of small in scope um like i don't i don't remember really, i saw i watched a bunch of footage of like the recent armored cores and i was like yeah that's just it's like not going to be enough for me so we'll have to see i mean i listen it's from software so I pretty much trust them and they have my, my credit card and my, my address. I just hope it's bigger stages, you know, with lots more to do per stage and more ways to approach a problem. I just want it to be like uh Anthem, <laughs> but dark souls. Whoa. I don't know. Easy, easy. Uh, okay. Let's see. Wait, what else got announced? Let's see. Game awards. Sure. Uh, I, I didn't beat Hades 1, but I understand why it was so popular. Um, what else? Street Fighter um, 6. Street Fighter 6. There's another big one. Oh, Death Stranding 2. Oh, baby. How could I forget? Speaking of baby, yeah. Um, baby's back. I was worried that I was going to not have to hear a baby crying the entire time in the sequel, and my fears were rested i was assured there will be crying babies and that's what we all want you know as millennial gamers yep we all we're just a bunch of crying babies and we just want to see ourselves in the game we want to do the leonardo dicaprio pointing meme but at a crying baby so is death stranding 2 going to be kojima's like very next game or i thought there was something else that he was showing us pictures of on twitter I, I, i'm not sure uh, I'm nor am I, but well, here's what I'll say. I feel like I really love Death Stranding. It's incredibly bloated, but it's a bloated masterpiece. It has incredible gaming moments that touched my soul and really spoke to me about the human condition in our current era. And there was a lot of fun in all of that, too. But I got everything I wanted out of Death Stranding. And I, I don't necessarily want to do it again in like a 
direct sequel way and i'm like not necessarily dying to get back to that world either so i'm like wondering like if this is really the next move a direct sequel follow-up well i mean it's new characters you know there's gonna be some new narrative to it i expect it's wait so that character is a different person Leia, there well there's the Leia Sado characters like the the main i think in this one Okay, but that's that's the same character. She's the same character though from the last one. Yeah, but it's not you know it's not Norman Reedus. Okay, uh, so it's a girl. I don't know. It to me right now, I'm getting like I'm getting DLC vibes. Just just as like a as a vibe. Obviously, we haven't seen any footage, but I'm just like everything that was shown here is obviously something I like because I like Death Stranding, but there was no two to it. There was no sequel to it. I was like, oh, this is just, this is kind of like what I've been playing for the last couple of years. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it comes with, with some good wrinkles and some good twist em ups. Obviously trust Kojima to not uh, like, you know, to not, he he kind of reinvents the wheel a lot, but also like doesn't, if that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. like he does a lot of the same thing, but finds ways to differentiate it in interesting ways pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm he's, hoping that we'll just get another case of that. He's a he's a slippery fish. Listen, uh, he met uh, Al Pacino at the Game Awards. So hopefully Al Pacino is uh, the new heart man. Because that's uh, that's worth the price of admission right there. Speaking of things to get excited for, oh, baby, Final Fantasy 16 release date, June 22nd, 2023. Well, how did and I they just had this, that? And they had, the, oh, you haven't even seen this trailer? Oh, my God. It's just like, what is this game? It just goes like, oh, my God. And then there's like a kid and the kid gets... And, and and the giant primals are just like, like oh my god like they're juicing it it's juicy it, it reminds me of like um juice juice yes uh <laughs> it, it reminds me of like when i when i was a kid and i saw probably the trailer to like i don't know like final fantasy 12 or 13 or something like that and just the graphics from the cinematics were just like so so different and so much more advanced than the other game cinematics I've been looking at. And it just kind of felt like it was kind of like from the future or from like a, a different future. And this is like what I see when I look at this trailer. There's some there's just some like graphical weird moments where I'm like, this is going to this is gonna, not going to look this, this game's going to look very unique. Um, God damn, this thing looks awesome. I don't even know what I'm looking at sometimes. Just big guys. Yeah, big, it's got a lot of big, big tough guys. guys. Huge, like no one is doing giants like this. Like, and you know, this is something I, I talked about with uh, the the new modern God of War games. Is that like old God of War games? You were always fighting the like, giant guys, like serpents and massive like giants and goliaths and stuff and huge gods. And then in like the new God of Wars, you're fighting like humanoids that are like shorter than you for like 90% of the game. And then most of the gods are humanoid too. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 looks like you're just like constantly fighting like mountains. Yeah, it, like, it does. It does understand the thing that is sort of essential to this kind of game, I kind of think, which is uh, <clears throat> that's a good way to put it. Like 
it's much more interesting to be the guy who kills the mountain than it is to be the mountain who kills the guy. And so mm. the game really teen, it seems like it's leaning in on like how cool and huge stakes these fights are going to feel. Um, and then like ascend and then like let you have these moments where like, like, you know, like Elden Ring, Dark Souls accomplished this really well. Like give you these big moments of being like, holy shit, I man with big sword fought dragon the size of a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, they're really like they're really just pushing the machine. It looks like to like new places. They're like, this is another company where it's like, oh, OK, we're in the next gen now. We're going to act like it. Are they putting this out on PS4 as well? I wonder if they are. It doesn't look like a PS4 I don't think so. title. Um, but yeah, th- this is like someone who wants to be, who, who you want driving your console into the next gen. Because, ooh, baby, this is looking great. I also really like that. I obviously know, I, I think I'm going to be very interested in this story because of the producers working on it, especially all the people from Final Fantasy Um <clears throat> But... I like how mysterious the story still is. I basically have no idea what it's going to be about, but I'm just getting the vibes of it. Um, and I think it's a great way to advertise. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, the, there's, uh, there's like, a, it doesn't super matter what the story is about. Totally. Like it does like, that's going to be propulsive and fascinating and like juicy when you're playing the game. But like the bigger question is, is it going to feel like you're on a huge adventure doing crazy magical things and like seeing magical worlds and overcoming magical obstacles and like traversing this incredible, wonderful world? Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're getting that from the trailer and like for Final Fantasy games, these huge adventure games like that is like a bigger part than the details of the story a lot of the time mm-hmm. in terms of like what makes it compelling. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, Final Fantasy 16 folks. Take a second for yourself and go watch that trailer. Um, the the other like only big thing that was kind of on my radar I wanted to talk about was that the Bioshock people announced that they're making something called Judas, which is just Bioshock in space. Um, okay. It, it it it's like it's so copy paste, and by copy paste I mean they're copying their own work. You know whatever. Um, but it's it's like everything from the visuals to the enemies to the spaces to the powers coming out of your left hand like it's so one for one just like an unofficial bioshock sequel but they're like giving it a new name and i don't know it all just it feels very tired i just i'm like guys like you've made like three or four of these bioshock games now is this like just a one trick pony is this like all you got maybe it's maybe it's what it is right maybe that's always been their thing is they make these big games these big bioshock games and they just like lean on that and like it's been a while like it's the the same game like you don't like ever want to just like try something different like oh my god it's i don't know it it just seems like there's like what i used to see as like imagination i now see as like a lack of imagination I don't know. It's it's odd. It just don't don't ever get stuck. It'd be just it's if to me it just really feels like Steven Spielberg like if he made Jaws every single movie. Right. I mean like as someone it, it's weird because as like a it's like we a, need a, the Fablemans. Yeah. 
Right. I got to have my Fablemans. Um, <laughs> as like a like person who thinks about and enjoys art as like a like in a bigger sort of like creative sense, mm-hmm. like that, this shit is very disappointing and kind of a bummer. You want to see what they could do. But as like a guy who gets stoned and plays a video game, like making a dumb Bioshock quadrequel that I can just like plug in and be high and play a couple evenings and oh, then beat. Oh, I sorry. I should have prefaced. You're not allowed to get high for this one. Oh, fuck this. Put him in jail. <laughs> Kevin, Ken Levine can go to the bottom of the damn ocean. Ken's like, and here's and here's the kicker. All right. And then you know, we kind of buried the headline here, but you cannot smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, fuck this. But if I could, yeah. if I could smoke weed while I played that's it, the, then that's the, the that's the dystopian part of the new Bioshock game is the city's fine, but you're not high. <laughs> and otherwise, it's a normal city. Yeah, but it's a to you, it's a nightmare world. <laughs> I can't handle it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I just would be like, oh man. I'd be so in, I'd be so willing to go check out like the people who made Bioshock's next thing, next game, even in space or whatever. But I would just like want there to be a little something different. Yeah, it'd be or a lot just, more exciting if there was some kind of other type of juice to it for sure. I'm just saying that like there is something fun about just playing the game that is fun. You know what I mean? About like doing the game that is fun. Like as a player of a game, it seems like it'd be fun to do to play a new Bioshock. Yeah. Probably pretty fun. But it is disappointing because, like you said, they kind of have that leeway to try something crazy or, like, do something wild um, because, like, everyone's going to want to watch the new Bioshock thing from the Bioshock people. Yeah. Uh, So I guess that is where I'm at. Should we take a little ad break and then talk about other shit? Let's take a little bad break. Let's take a little bad break. Oh my god, I fucked up so hard. Yeah, we all messed up. <laughs> I was thinking of Mobius, the French comics artist, too. We're all blowing I, I, it. Well, it's because we started with Mobius Dick at the start. It's so true. There's been a lot of Mobies. Um, I guess we are all made of stars. Thank you. Thanks, <clears throat> Peter. Uh, 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 Carl Sagan. I was going to say Moby. Good job, Moby. You can get from the, you can from, get stoned by a <laughs> from the hit song. Um, so what what's new in my world? Uh, sure. Well, TV TV update. Oh yes, I have been fighting tooth and nail with FedEx. I think I got transferred ten different times because no one knew how to solve my my problem, or they just total buffoonery. Not like the Geek Squad, the tightly oiled ship. That is the Geek Squad. Um, but I, I, I've got in on FedEx and they have promised me now that they're going to reimburse me for a decent amount of money. And I have purchased a new TV replacement. All right. What's the new TV like? So the new TV. OK, listen, once you uh, uh, once you once you get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, you can't stop, as the owl says. And. I got a new LG OLED TV. You know, it's a, it's a, it's maybe not the, it's like, it's like a few steps away from the original, but it's still very to a, to, to a naked human eye. It's pretty much the same TV. Nice. 
but you know, does it feel like the same TV? No, it feels like a new, like a, it, it doesn't feel like my kid. It feels like an, an adopted kid. And yeah. Do you love them still? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, but you know, they're going to grow up. They may not look like you and they're, and they're going to have, and they're going to get questions at school about it. Yeah. I mean, that's life though. It's a conversation yeah, right. starter in a lot of ways. It's better. It's better that way. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've lost sort of a, what Walter Benjamin mm. would call the aura of the original thing. Like it's, it's sort of essential excellence is, is missing and, and, and has been replaced, but like, mm-hmm. yes, that's a great access. Whoever said that should be a, a, a should write a book. <laughs> you know, he's got a couple. Um, but, uh, fucking, at least you've, you've, you know, you have a, we talked about this last week that like you were living, you were really living the, bad screen make me sad good screen make me happy oh no it's the same screen life mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. a little while so now you have like a, a distinct screen that you can go enjoy your games on away from your setup and, it's, and that it's, it's is improved clutch. a lot it's improved a lot and it was really necessary i was going to hold off and wait a little bit longer but i needed i needed good screen and i found good screen and good screen comes hard times and hard times lead to Ragnarok. Yeah, you um, seem to have come around a little bit since the last time we talked. Well, you know, like I said, you know, when I lost the access to a big TV, I lost the the drive and will to live for Ragnarok. And then I started to pop it back in on the new TV. And um, yeah, there are some incredible moments in this game. And my review is still up in the air. Wow, you've gone from I love it to I hate it to maybe I love it again. I'm not going to say that I I don't think it'll ever be true love because there are some parts that are like unskippable and in and a little interminable, but which makes it frustrating when you hit these other sections of the game that have very high highs to them and seem to be very much more interesting. It just seems like it's a game where they set up a lot of interesting conflict and then like just constantly dance away from getting into any of it in kind of like a Pokemon sword and shield vibe where it's like, like, Oh, just let me get to the scenes where these people talk to each other again. Like, and there's this sort of, there's this sort of like always kind of like orbiting around and away from scenes with characters interacting or scenes with conflict. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a little frustrating, but then all of a sudden you're climbing this giant wall and it's yeah. so badass. Okay, so that was the part I almost mentioned last week is one of the spoilers about like where the game starts to pick up and become a little bit more interesting and have mm-hmm. a little bit more narrative shove is Right, it, when Atreus gets to actually go to Asgard and like meet other <laughs> characters. <laughs> yeah, who like seem to have lives of their own to some degree. <laughs> Yeah, and because a big narrative problem with both of these games up until that moment of Asgard is that there's this big claim of this uh, looming conflict and threat where the gods will go to war with one another. But it's kind of talked about more like a climate change event than it is an event where like with like characters that like make distinct choices or anything like that. And you don't know most of the characters on either side of this coming war. So it's hard to like 
really even know what the fuck anyone's talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like it is really well, it's it, and it's like the thing I talk about a lot where like in Skyrim, the dragon attacks Whitehall and then the little girl asks you to find her doll. Like it's this thing where like you play the game and people are constantly like Ragnarok is looming. So go do some puzzles and solve some rune chests and I'll be waiting here at your house for when you're ready to chat. And it doesn't feel like it's really looming or anything or feels like it's totally on your schedule. And then when you get to Asgard with Atreus, even though obviously it is still on your schedule, it's a video game, like it starts to feel a little more propulsive and carrying you towards stuff because there's tension, because you have to go on this journey with Thor and you have to fight the Heimdall when you first get there and all this stuff happens and it feels like you're really doing something as opposed to just sort of like going off, going on a little adventure, getting home and everyone's like, oh, you're back time for the next thing. And like, none of the things really feel ominous or menacing at all. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like a problem with like rising action in, in the narrative for sure. A lot of stopping and starting and a lot of the, a lot of the conflict is kind of based around, these this like father and sons like inability to communicate with each other but it seems to primarily only be because of the of the son like atreus is like so messy and so poor at communicating to it almost like a way that's like not played at like the height of his intelligence like it, it seems like so many of his sort of choices and sort of um, what you could, I guess, write off as just like, oh, a teen, an angsty teen seemed to be like incredibly like inept and, and idiotic like positions that don't like feel as fun to get engaged in. So you're kind of left with these like lightweight reasons why the story's progressing. Well, yeah, it is. It is frustrating because like, there's this balance, right, with like when characters make choices where it's like in some ways the choices the characters make tell us who the character is, right? Like that's sort of how you learn that. But also sometimes it's like the choice they're making is just the dumb one that the story wants them to make yeah. and feels incoherent. And like balancing those two things is a very difficult thing and like parsing that apart. But there's a lot of parts where Atreus is like mad about something in a really obvious way and then Kratos is like why are you mad and he's like don't talk to me you dirty old man and then yeah. like runs away and it sort of like just feels like very forced arbitrary conflict that doesn't right. draw anything out of the characters and like I would understand Atreus acting like that more if Kratos hadn't changed from the first game but Kratos has changed so much from the first game and it seems like it's almost like Atreus is reacting it, to Kratos from the first game, not Kratos yeah. in the game that we're playing. Exactly. Kratos is like reacting to them like Kratos from the first game. And Kratos is kind of just standing around shrugging because like his emotional arcs have pretty much like all been settled. And like he's just kind of worried about like the external threat of like making sure his son is OK. But like other than that, like he seems like he's come to terms with like most things and doesn't have like one big issue to solve which makes like this like core conflict that that like ignites more plot of them not getting along fall really flat yeah it's, it feels unjustified which is frustrating because it feels like there's lots of reasons why 
It could have been. Yeah, just to to talk about how I really like the beginning of this game. The beginning, their tension does make sense. Because the beginning is like Atreus being like, eventually I do want to learn these things about myself. And Kratos being like, well, I think that might be a bad idea. Right? And so there is this really clear tension that's clearly motivated and carries from the last game into this game and makes sense that it would gestate over time. This idea that like... Atreus is this whole ass identity thing that he wants to learn about and Kratos doesn't like that. But as the game goes on, they don't like it's clear that Kratos is a lot more amenable to that than Atreus is acting like. Okay. Yes. Atreus, like nothing else happens that causes the tension to grow except for Atreus reacting crazy to things for no reason. Yes. Um, and so it just ends up really starting to to not it, it, it drains the momentum from the narrative in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so it's just I don't know. It's like because because of that it is it is still like a frustrating and probably going to end up being not a game that I like think is like a masterpiece, but there's these like really high highs in the game. Like um this sequence where Atreus is with Thor in Muselheim that I thought was really fun. And yeah, it, it's just like there's great moments like that where you're like, no, like that should be the whole game. That can't just be this like cool moment. And then you like make me do a bunch of like bullshit. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to finish this game now. I want to see everything it has to offer. Um, I'm playing it on hard difficulty, which is actually really challenging. <laughs> um, so there's like some, some fun mechanical stuff I'm getting out of it too. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's it's got some good stuff. I'm going to probably get back to it eventually, but there's so many things I'm playing right now that are more fun that I'm not oh. messing with it right this second. I just like I, I rewatched uh, this guy. I mean, not rewatched, but watched this guy. Josh, do you know Josh Strife Hayes? Um, I, I recognize the, he's the a, name. He's a, he's a really good YouTube game critic. Um but he also does this series called Josh uh, Strife Plays, where he does like kind of narrated playthroughs of his of his plays through old games. But they're not just like let's plays; they're like highly edited down to like take him taking you through the like abridged experience of playing the whole game. Um, and I watched him do it for God of War one this week, and yeah, I just I'm really attached to this franchise. I think the character and like the potential for cool shit like always there's so much around kratos and i just i I just gotta see it through yeah i mean i think that that's totally fair i'm probably i'll probably come back to it eventually um i'm just like not right now i mean i got dark tide which is still such a fucking blast especially because the newest patch made restabilize it on the steam deck so it's easy to play and i can just sit and play and i can portably play it and it plays great on there and it's really fun I got against the storm, which is such a fucking blast of a roguelike city builder that I've, I told it last week. This has been insanely mm-hmm. fun. Just play and poke in on uh, fucking Marvel midnight suns is extremely good, except for I have encountered, I guess this is mm-hmm. an okay segue. I've encountered a game breaking glitch. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean it's fully broke? Uh, I, I think I've read that they're going to try and patch this out and fix it. So hopefully the next update will restore, will fix it. But until then, let me explain. So you remember in XCOM 2, the what like, is up with sh- strategy games always crash. Like there's just something about the genre where like the computer cannot remember what the fuck happened. 
It's especially weird in this case because the, the thing that is making it crash is not like an extensive thing. So you remember in XCOM 2 how if you play you played War of the Chosen, right? Like the expansion in XCOM 2? Um uh probably not the uh no probably I probably did. You remember how there's like the different factions and you can like send people off on like faction missions yes. to get bonuses? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do a thing like that in, in Midnight Sun called Hero Ops, right? So so uh-huh. I'm near the end of the game and I put Blade on a hero op to go to New York City and, and uh, discover some secrets. Mm-hmm. However, um, I, uh, I now have played on that hero op and if i try to to complete it and, and click on it and say done give me the reward the game crashes uh which means that blade is stuck in the hero op which is annoying but not the worst until recently i got to the newest story mission which requires blade so unless i can get blade out of the hero op i can't do the story mission and if i try to get blade out of the hero op the game crashes wow uh, so game breaking glitch achieved and how are you going to do that to Blade of all people? That, that that this smacks of racism. Yeah, no, it is pretty fucked up. But yeah, it's uh, uh, it's driving me a little bit insane. Well, sounds like something that will get an update. But yeah, I I just like what the, some like we've never been able to figure out like how to make a printer that doesn't break. We've never been able to figure out how to make a. A strategy game that can just save what's going on. I've never felt more like of the way that the nature of the console is to simplify a very complicated computing process. Like, I've never felt that more than today when I was trying to resolve this glitch. And (laughs) the top suggestion I saw on many a Reddit thread was if you press X really fast while trying to load the hero up, sometimes you can get through it before it crashes. That's awesome. And I was just like, okay, this is where we're at with like technology and understanding sort of our tools. Which kind of is like, you know, our turn to tradition when you had to, you know, slide stuff. To blow, to blow it on the cartridge. To did you ever toothpaste a, a CD? Uh, yes. Damn. We're gonna we're gonna miss those CDs. We're we're gonna go back to CDs eventually when when all the yeah one day when all the cloud data centers go down or get too expensive or both. Um, It'd be cool. But yeah, been doing that. Been replaying Dark Deity. Still a blast. And then yeah, so it's just been like. There's been a lot of fun games that have just come out or that I'm re-engaging with or that I'm enjoying having a time with. So I haven't really gotten on the like kicked into gear the like sort of pushed through the end of God of War 2 yet. <laughs> um, but I should. I intend to. Hopefully this next month when I have a decent chunk of time off, I will get that one well, done. I will be doing it this week because it's like the main TV time thing I do right now. And I think that I will alert you to if you really need to expedite that journey to the end or not, um, or if you can take your time. Uh, uh, One last thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I've been watching Chainsaw Man, and it's very good. Yeah, I'm not caught all the way up yet, um, but it fucking rules. (laughs) How far on are you? I think I'm like six, seven episodes. Okay, nice. So you kind of are in that like hotel demon area. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, the first half of this show is very vile right now. I'm sure you've at least heard the words chainsaw man. If you haven't at least seen an image of it or something, 
the first couple episodes seem to be very sort of like sort of like a like almost like a, a meta satirical way to do like an anime in a modern anime that's called Chainsaw Man. But then as it set in in the second half of the season, it got so um, um, so focused on these these character moments and so like sort of uh, human at times that, yeah, it it just it became really good. And I'm pretty much all in at this point because sometimes you're enjoying something you're like this is good and then you hit the i'm all in level and you realize why people have been talking about something and and that's where i'm at right now with the show nice i mean, need to catch up on that i need to catch up on disney plus's willow <laughs> is that it, really yeah well because they they're they made a tv series based off of the 1990 or 1988 feature film willow i never saw the original film was that a film that was for children yes and I loved it as a kid. And to this day, I rewatched it recently. Um, I rewatched it recently because I saw an ad for the Disney Plus remake and I was like, they're remaking, they're making a Willow series? What the fuck? So I rewatched the movie. Wait, wait, what's the, okay, well then what's the movie about the boy who lives with rats? Willard? Willard. That's not a Disney thing. Disney's not okay. doing a Willard series. <laughs> right. I thought that I thought that you just like yeah they're they're working on a Willard thing. I was like that's fucking. I mean maybe. I mean hey they're. I mean it is mouse related. It's all content. Big mouse. It's all content, baby. Well, it's all this Disney mouse related. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mickey or Ricky Rat, Willard's best friend. So, so Willow is kind of like the anti-rat. There's not a, no rats in this. No, there's but there's like a, there's Warwick Davis who we love. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, in the original, there's Val Kilmer who's great. Ooh, wow. Um, so charming. Yeah, really fun movie. Uh, definitely slow and silly. Uh, in the way that like '80s adventure fantasy movies tend to be. Um, and well, written in your by show. George Lucas. Yeah, written by George Lucas, directed by Ronald Howard. Ron Howard, uh, Ron Howard. Where when's his Fablemans? You know who can say when he's going to do and his Fablemans, folks. I'm going to leave you on that question right there. When when's Ron Howard's Fablemans, and what will it be called? Will it be called Story Guys? Great maybe question. It'll be, maybe it'll be called um, Plot Men. Wow, I didn't even bother, didn't even bother to make up a second word for that one. <laughs> Plot men's. Um, and narrative knuckleheads. Will it be called? Will it book be bros? Called? There you go, folks. This has been Game Boys Script siblings. Val Kilmer in siblings of the script. But yeah, this was Game Boys. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye. This is late night, Game Boy. It's 722 here, folks. Good night.